I'm Noah Farley, and I'm here today talking with Brother Dean Cloward, and we'll be talking today about his devotional that he's giving this week. Thank you for coming in today. Thank you. So I read that um, you work in the elementary, early, and special education department. Can you tell us about your work there? As a department, we prepare teachers to for their future professions working with children. My specific role in that department is to help future teachers who plan to work in special education or early childhood special education to better understand children with disabilities. So I teach about special education law. I teach about assessment and statistics. I'm a little bit of an odd duck in that department because I'm the only one who, well, there's two of us, but uh, that aren't former teachers. So as a psychologist, I, I help them understand the psychological needs of children. I also read that you completed a master's and doctorate in child psychology. And what would you say is the most interesting part about child psychology to you? I love to see and study about how people learn, and specifically how children learn. So it's a nice fit for me in the teacher education department or the elementary and early special education department. It's a new name for us. It's a nice fit for me because that's what I teach about, is how children learn and what challenges they face as they learn. What are some of the those challenges, like for example? So for example, some of them can be just typical things that all of us struggle with, how to spend our time, how to not be distracted. But uh, many children and, and an, an increasing number of children have problems with disabilities. So things like ADHD that we commonly hear about, but more significant things like autism and dyslexia and dyscalculia that are very difficult to overcome. They're not making small adjustments. We're making pretty significant adjustments for those students to be able to learn like their peers. Mm -hmm. Very nice. I think about a year and a half ago, I took a, um, an elective course for child development. And that was probably one of my very favorite classes because it helped me understand why um, I did certain things when I was a child at that time. And I really want to remember the experiences that I um, went through when I was at, at that age, so that when I finally have children of my own, I can hopefully be a bit more empathetic and understanding towards them. It is really important to understand how a child develops and what expectations we should have. And when children don't develop as expected and knowing what to do and where to find those resources to help them. And you also work as a facilitator on the Creative Course Collaboration Team. What exactly do you do there? Well, the Creative Course Collaboration Team, or C3 for short, takes uh, each team takes a course each semester, and they relook at the the outcomes for the course, how we're assessing the course, how the course is taught, and as a team, they go and try and improve those outcomes and make it a better course uh, to be taught to students. Any general ed course to become general ed needs to go through C3. And then in addition to those courses, some faculty say, I want to improve my course. And they apply, and if they're accepted, then we bring that team, the course lead, others who teach the course, plus a mixture of others across campus outside of that field that can bring their expertise and insights into helping improve that course. And then we meet twice a week, and uh, really nothing sacred in the course. We, we really look at everything and try and see if there's a way to improve it. And my role in that process is the facilitator. So I help with the process. I'm not the content expert, 
My job is to help the team work effectively together, help bring resources to bear for that team as they work, and try and help keep them on track. And so there are times I have to tell them, you know, we're off track or we're not achieving this goal and, and, and try and be a, a sounding board to help them be most effective as a team. So you're the one who keeps it staying as a well-oiled machine then. Well, I try. <laughs> Very nice. You currently serve as a YSA bishop on campus. What would you say is your favorite part about serving in that calling? Well, getting to know the students individually and, and, and at a very personal level is very rewarding. Uh, I love having them in my home. When you get to know them, they, you learn to love them uh, even more than I love my students on campus. I, I feel a, a passion and a love for these students, and, and that's reciprocated. It's not unusual at all to get a hug from them. Even as I'm walking across campus, one of them will see me and run up and give me a hug, and it's, that's, it's a wonderful thing. The other part that I love is teaching the gospel of Jesus Christ and to be able to teach it ideally one by one. And oftentimes that comes um, as people come in to repent or as they come in facing problems or struggles in their life. And I get to, to talk with them at a very personal level. And as the Spirit comes, we both learn. And we're both edified together as a consequence of that interaction. Very nice. Thank you. And as for your devotional, first of all, I wanted to uh, say that I'm sorry about your driveway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, so this was supposed to be a tiny little project of pouring a little pad behind my house. And much like home projects, this project became a huge project in which we ripped out all of our driveway and replaced it. But in the process, I learned a lot about, for example, how to strengthen the concrete and how to keep it from deteriorating over time and so on. And, and at the same time, I was preparing this devotional address. And I saw lots of correlations between that driver replacement and building testimonies. And so I'll, that's part of what my devotional address is about, is how to strengthen or, or build testimonies that are steadfast and immovable. That was the same goal I had for my new concrete, is that it would be steadfast and immovable. So the corollary there really helped, I think, to drive the point home that I'll make in my devotional address of certain things that must be done if we want a strong testimony and things that have been stated by prophets over eons of time. I'm going to try and simplify them into five things that we can do. It reminds me how we can find, like in the scriptures it says, is there not a type in this thing? How... We can find correlations to the gospel in pretty much anything that we go through, any kind of experience and anything that we see, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I wanted to ask, how did you feel when you were first asked to give the devotional? As, as happens oftentimes in my life, I get spiritual promptings in advance of big things that come. Mm -hmm. And for a week or so before the request came, I felt this uneasiness, something, knowing something was coming. It was, I didn't know what, but I knew that something was going to be asked of me that was significant. And so on the day that the email came asking if I would be the devotional speaker, it was almost a confirmation. This is what I was preparing you for. And um, it made me a little nervous. I, I knew that it was the Lord's will. Yeah, and sometimes those promptings come months in advance. Mm -hmm. And so you're just waiting, knowing that something's coming. And sometimes, in fact, often, I will pray not to know what is coming, but how to prepare. And so 
I received promptings then because of the first prompting uh, to, to read this or to do certain things. And that's helped me prepare for, for example, my calling as a bishop or other challenging things that have come into my life. I've, the Spirit directs me to, to do certain things that help prepare me for when that thing eventually does come. Right on. What would you say is something that you've learned as you've prepared for your talk? I think the biggest thing is how much the Savior is interested in the details of our lives. I have found that, that he has a very specific interest in what I was going to say in my devotional address. As promptings came to read certain things or to listen to certain things, or as I was listening to certain things not in preparation and the, the Spirit would prompt, you need to talk about that in your devotional address. So I, that would be the first thing. I, I was amazed at how interested the, the Savior was in the specifics of what I said. The second thing is there's a pattern that we can see across scriptures and across modern prophetic teachings that should be obvious to us. For example, the two-word hear him that we continue to hear, not even by our prophet, by, by others now, has a foundation across multiple prophets, multiple people and teachings over time. The admonition to read our scriptures regularly and to fill our lamps or to pray continually, those are admonitions that we can find across multiple prophets and across time. And as I prepared for my devotional, it was wonderful to see those patterns and to see that the Lord has an interest in, in his children today as he did across the millennium. Absolutely. Thank you for that. And also, what would you say is the main thing that you hope listeners take away from your devotional? First, I would hope that they would feel the Spirit and that that Spirit would teach them individually and specifically to their own lives and their own needs, independent of what I say. And I know that when they make the effort to come to devotional, that they merit that divine opportunity to be taught individually. And so it really doesn't matter what I teach. They'll be taught specific to their own needs for making the effort to be present and to be interested, to pay attention. They'll be taught specific to their needs. The second thing I would say is that um, what I was prompted to speak about is specific to them, that the Lord did have an individual interest in what I prepared. And so obviously my message is for the listeners, for this student body, to be able to hear and understand what the Lord would say to them today at that devotional. Wonderful. I'm sure that it'll resonate with a lot of people. I know that I really felt the spirit as I read over it. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. And is there anything else that you'd like listeners to know? I think that the message, and I, and I don't say it so clearly in my devotional address, but if we think about the parable of the, of the ten virgins and them filling their lamps, Elder Bednar and others have taught pretty consistently that we don't fill our lamps by the cupful. We fill our lamps a drop at a time and that it needs to be done every day. Um, And so these things, these five habits that I'm going to talk about in my devotional address, they're things that need to be part of a daily routine and not just a checklist of things we, you know, I knelt down, I said my prayer check, but things that we do with our heart so that we are becoming something as a result of these habits. And that thing that we're becoming is like our Savior. So I hope they see these pattern of habits that I talk about as not just a way to make a steadfast and immovable testimony, but ultimately that they're feeling a lamp and becoming like their Savior. Beautifully said. Thank you. 
Well, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me today. Thank you for having me.